Hey everyone, the following episode is from our brand new podcast, The Energy Equation. It's hosted by the incredible physiologist Ollie Patrick and uses state-of-the-art data to understand how people are unlocking the energy they need and how they could be doing so more effectively. If you like what you hear, then you can watch and listen to more episodes over on the High Performance app, available for free right now in the App Store. You're going to love this. So, Ollie, over to you. The Energy Equation with James Haskell. Everything's centered around performance, really. You might never get out of where you are, but you can certainly make things better. I think people wonder how you do it. Thriving in chaos would be a good description of this result. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I don't have chaos and I'm left on, uh, alone, that's when shit gets weird. That's when I really struggle. I'm very energetic about life and what the day can bring me. As a middle-aged male who's dabbled in rugby, I'm delighted to bring someone who's mastered the craft in the form of James Haskell to the energy equation. James's career spans 17 years playing for some of the top clubs in the country, getting over 70 caps for his country and representing the British and Irish Lions on multiple occasions. He's been a phenomenal rugby player, but also garnered huge interest in his life outside of rugby, ranging from podcasts to TV appearances and a great interest in his personal life. I'm thrilled to have James on the podcast to dig below that public persona and look at the life of an ex-professional rugby player now transitioning into a new world, including DJing, celebrity, and what it looks like to finish your career as a professional sportsman. It's my thrill to welcome James Haskell to The Energy Equation. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. James Haskell. What an absolute pleasure to have you on the Energy Equation. Thank you for having me. It's a dream. So we've got the introductions bit. Yes. Now, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on the intros here because I obviously grew up with you as part of the England team that I followed with fervour. Uh, 77 caps for England, rugby union. Great knowledge. Great knowledge, did my prep. Yeah. Um, now, sort of modern generation might know a bit about that, but they might know you as a techno DJ. Yeah. They might know you as a stand-up. Yeah, they might know you from, they might, they might, they might, they might know you from your popular podcasts, 
they might know you from TV. Yeah. How would you describe James Haskell? Um, oh God, that is a very, very difficult way to... Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I'd say my predominant thing at the moment is is DJing and making music. Um, you know, I'd always... Everything's centred around performance, really, which um, I think it comes down to down to me being a massive show-off and attention seeker. Um, and this was from my, my, my wife, basically kind of um, put it in such terms during lockdown. I sat at the end of a, a table in the kitchen. I'd just done my third podcast of the day for various different people. And I was sitting there and I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And she went, what do you mean? I go, well, I've just retired from rugby. I've lost my identity. I don't really know what I'm doing. I do all these things, but we've got no audience. And she went, well, you're a massive show-off. You must know that. And I went, what? How dare you? She goes, but you, you're an attention seeker you, you, and a storyteller. You must know that. And I was, I sat there for a minute. I went, you know, you're absolutely right. And then I, and then she goes, look, you, you need to boil down what it is you make money from. What is it you enjoy? And and I sort of whittled it down to, you know, DJing is is performing. It's the perfect replacement for playing. It's all the adrenaline. It's it, it's you know um, serves my need for technology with the with the the, the DJ decks and the pioneer stuff. It. You get the jeopardy, you get the um, preparation, you get the um, you know the adulation, and you get the nervousness of making mistakes, and you and you obviously have the big big performance moments. Then I have the kind of creativity around making music and sitting there and sculpting something. I'm not particularly musical. I never was, but going and working with people and then obviously learning the technology yourself and turning up with ideas and concepts, I think is brilliant. Speaking again. You know, I feel most at home standing up in front of people. I love making people laugh. That's what I really do. I can be quite serious and and you know some of the books i've written have, have a serious nature to it and i think sometimes people find it hard to differentiate that juxtaposition between being you know kind of a bit of a neanderthal meathead everything you would associate with rugby player lads 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 all the time and then kind of quite cerebral focusing on mental health your health or your, your body and, and being quite honest and open about it um and then kind of we've got the podcast the good the bad the rugby so it's it's all centered around performing and some of them do look a bit um, they're a bit disparate, a bit separated, but actually they all do sense it around a central theme. And I think at some point I will have to whittle it down. But if I could do one thing consistently, it would be the DJing because it ticks all the boxes for me. I like people, but as long as they're behind a velvet rope. <laughs> well, we're not behind a velvet rope. No, we're not, we're not, very much not. That common theme of performance is really interesting and relevant. I was, I was fascinated in your book when you said, again, as, as lots of people know, but maybe don't try and fill the void of post-professional sport career and that, that you'd felt DJing had plugged that gap yeah. really, really neatly with with a similar level of of, of energizing reward. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm built. You know, I, I'm a true believer. There's, there's only certain um, things you can control in life, and I sort of boiled it down to, to four things. You know, how you treat your body because you're only given one of them, um, and you know, you don't have to be an elite athlete, but equally, if you decide to to overeat and mistreat it, the checks in the post, it will get you. You might be, you might think you're fine now. You might not have diabetes now. You might not have heart disease. You will get it. It's 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 proven. And I think these people who, who champion obese people, you know, you're doing a disservice. I think it's fine if you're happy with in your own body, but actually putting that on a pedestal, do your own thing, but do it do it over here. So that's I think it's important how you look after your body. Second is how you look after your mind. You don't really, you know, you should always be trying to expand it and challenge it and work on it and test yourself and, and get better. And even if it's a cerebral conversation or learning a different language or you can always get better. And I think that's important. Reading, enjoying, experiencing human emotions. That's why 
you know, you're, you're basically, you're born and you die and you fill your time in between. And humans, because of consciousness, we've, we've, we've created a lot of distractions, art, music, beauty, everything else within that, but we're essentially just on a journey to procreate and carry on, if you boil it down. However romanticised it is, people have created religion to explain all the stuff we can't explain and everything else that's gone with it. So I, I believe that you've got to always look after your mind and then how, um, how hard you work and how you treat people. And so when it comes to what I do now, I always feel an obligation to challenge myself and to perform and to look after myself and to do things with, my, with, my, with myself. And actually my journey post um, playing has been an interesting one with kind of, you know, probably not getting my discipline right at times, losing my routine, um, losing my identity, over over traveling, over passing, all the things that you kind of, you, you make mistakes um, with. I've had to go back and, and work very hard on it. But I think my one kind of, um, sort of golden ticket through all of it is, is a level of self-awareness. Like I'm very, you know, people listen to this and go, Christ, this guy, like sound of his own voice. I'm very aware that I'm an acquired taste and I'm quite comfortable with that. And it's the same way as I, I know my limitations. You know, I never, I don't walk around thinking my shit doesn't stink. I kind of know, you know, if I'm not in shape, that's my fault. If I haven't slept probably, that's kind of my fault. I have to take a massive responsibility for that myself. And I try to always do like a self-check-in like once a week. Because I obviously do interviews like this, I talk to people, I give out advice, I go and do talks. And then you sort of never want to be that do as I say, not as I do. You never want to be full of shit. And and I just always try to focus on that. And I and I do regularly come go look at myself, you know, I take my shirt off. And I go, fuck, I just what am I you know, I don't like that. And they go, Well have you trained? You're like, no. Have you eaten properly? It's like, no, not really. I think that 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 personal accountability is is a really interesting theme for us to explore through this whole series. But you know, the fact that you've put, you know, your physical habits and behaviours as one of the linchpins of, of your of your values probably is crucial. And today we want to unpick a bit of that. A lot of there you've talked about some high energy moments and some low energy moments. And I probably want to start by by getting into your lifestyle, by by setting a framework of James in the modern era, yeah. this, this multi-talented creature. <laughs> so it's talented, just multi, yeah. Multi-talented creature. Where where's your energy at on a on a sort of regular basis? If we take a hundred as unlimited effervescence, zero as sort of, you know, con- constant fatigue, where are you? I mean I I'd say I'd sit around 85, 90% most of the time. Um I think I'm very I'm very excited by by life. I'll be I'll be honest with you, and this is sort of like I'm, I'm not Lord Byron walking around like reflecting on the, you know, on the tear in a baby's eye and, and you know the flowers and the beauty of life and getting you know and like Keats like Ode to a Nightingale like I don't I'm not walking around with sort of poetic moments going through my head but it it's kind of I got out this treatment I'm getting some treatment for my ankle they want to I've got arthritis in my ankle they want to fuse it I, I went and tried some some different alternative therapy that I'm doing a course of it and I, and I woke up this morning and I felt refreshed because I slept better and I'm going to look at the results I slept better looked after my daughter got up this morning focus on my hydration because I'm always dehydrated went went off and as I got out of the car I, I just felt really good about life I was just smiling did a bit of nasal breathing as I was walking to the car a bit of mindfulness and I was just thinking Christ I am lucky like I really appreciate what I got and I, I kind of it's those moments that I appreciate because I think you what you realise about energy in life is that we all have our goals but it's ultimately always about the journey because you never achieve everything you want to achieve so you don't if you never reflect and also never never happy you never you just sort of never have those moments. So I just appreciate it. So I'd say I'm very energetic about life and what and what it what the day can bring me because I, I'm very compartmentalized because of sport. I'm not looking. I never look. I know where I want to get to, but I don't ever look at it. I just literally look at my diary today and go, what can I do today? And what boxes do I need to tick into t- today? And what how do I be a little bit better today than I was yesterday? And it's that simple. 
And because of that, I've always got energy. You know, but yesterday, you know, if you ask me energy, energy was like 30. I'd, uh, 30. I was at 20. I was like in hell. I hadn't slept. But uh, but then I sort of looked at how could I manage it? Well, I had to go on stage. So things like caffeine, hydration, tried to get some sleep. I took my pillow with me. I, I basically, in between moments of performing, I just shut down, just didn't speak to anyone, tried to conserve my energy. But I would say predominantly... Yeah, 85 to 90%, I'm like loving life. In, and even though I'm in pain a lot of the time, which is debilitating, I just, the zest for like this, just, it's such a good place and you never know when it's going to stop. And that's why I do a lot of um, therapy because the biggest thing that controls everything we do is your mind. Yeah. And that controls how you, how you interpret energy, I think. You know, because you could have more energy, but, you, but it just almost reaches your own personal filters. And physically, you could be in great shape, but you're just you're burdened by unaddressed issues. And that's why when people talk about mental health, it's actually health in general, but the thing that sits at the top is your, your, is your mind, which then, if that isn't right, it affects your physical health. But if your physical health isn't right, it affects your mind. What, what will be so interesting to a lot of people listening is that your toolkit for high energy has involved probably more mental strategies you know and and we want to talk about some of the physical pieces but you know that is about your version of gratitude even though you don't journal it as you should as laughing like (laughs) i made it sound like i i I apologize if i ever sound like i'm belittling anything it's not it's more it's more because it's it's because I, I I sort of live and breathe it, I think some people, again, we talked about it before, that, before we went on podcast, some of the stuff that is natural to me will be unnatural to others. And when people listen to this podcast, you know, they might agree with disagree with 90% of what I'm saying, but hopefully whenever I talk, I always want someone to take one thing or two things that resonate for them. And so, you know, if you're unable to organize your thoughts and your ideas and, and, our, and your filters don't allow you to feel positive about stuff, writing stuff down in black and white is a, an amazing tool. I used to use it pre-game, uh, I used to write three or four notes every game, and some of it was dealing with neg- like using negativity as a tool because we talk about positivity. Everything's very positive, but a lot of people, um, I I use negative neg- negativity as a massive driving factor for me because most of people have achieved things in life because someone told them they couldn't do it. Someone criticised them because they couldn't do it. You want to prove someone wrong. You want to be competitive with your your mate, and that's and that's important. So I used to use those notes. You know, when coaches, I'd have a quote from a coach. And I'd be like, you motherfucker, I'm going to show you. And that would inspire me. So I did journal in my own format. But I, because I've been you know, getting therapy since I was 17, a lot of it comes naturally. I do a lot of visualization. Your mind doesn't know whether you've done it or not. And, if you, and also, especially if you've had experience of doing what you're visualizing, you can then suddenly get the feel and the sound and the smell and everything. And your mind believes you've done it. And, and that, for me, is important. Like when today, when I breathe, you know, I did my breath work and I, and I, I cut it and I walked to the weather... I had a profound effect to me. Now, if I wasn't able to experience that, I would have had to write it down and train my body to do it, you know? It's a brilliant description. And again, it's bringing things that people might think are whimsical or alternative, and and these are foundational habits. But I do want to get into three things. So I want to hold you to three habits. So when we look at that high energy output, that 85 out of 100, can you pin three things that are are consistent in your lifestyle that contribute to that energy? Sleep. 100%. Like I... The more I look into it, the the more um, you know. Sleep is just so important for, for every for everything. Um, you know, I know there's that book. Um, I you know, I, I'm awful at. I, I said, listen to a lot of audiobooks. I tr- I've tried to listen to self help books and and uh, certain things. I just can't do it. I, I need listening to something is my escapism. I need imagination and 
It's the only way I'm ever mindful. So I've tried to listen to that book on sleep by some, you know, when I, it became sort of um, Matthew Walker, why we sleep? Yeah, why we sleep? And, and obviously, because Ronaldo said he he was doing it and read it, everyone went completely mad. Even I saw it and I was like, fuck, Ronaldo's you know similar age to me. He looks like a sexy Portuguese man, still absolutely carving up, winning, you know, scoring goals. Well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. It was the best marketing tool. So I have tried. Um, napping. Um, I would say that I find it hard with my kind of ADHD. And again, everyone you meet now has got ADHD. But I had it. I've had it since I was eight. I was on Ritalin. I did. I, I had everything. And it's not something I ever talk about or use to define me. I just know the activity of my mind and brain. I find it quite hard to nap. But sleep and sleep hygiene is, you know, super particular about my mattress, my pillows. I go, I want to sleep better, but I go, what is it in my control? Well, you can break it down to, and this is what I broke my sleep hygiene to, so light. How light was my room, right? And actually turns out that the, when we, my wife decided to get white blinds, which which mean that the fucking light shining through the room. So that's no good. Um, the pillows, I've got bad neck. What are, my, what are my pillows like? Am I supportive? Well, no, but I went and got them. What's the mattress like? You know, memory foam or one of those ones to really be really supportive. How, how hot is the duvet? What, you know, because that heat at night, you know, so important to sleep. You want a cool, almost like a dark cave. They talk about, you know, what's that like? Um, how long you want? So I've that's five things. Yeah, that's five things alone. I've given you right. So bear in mind the goal to sleep better. That's five things that if you change those five things, you'd be fifty percent better than you were the day before. And that's it's mad when you think about it. So you don't go. You might not sleep better straight away but you're already a step closer. So there's five things around that. Then I looked at like phone hygiene. Are you sitting on your phone before bed? All that blue light stuff. Where are you putting the phone to charge? Because I've seen, um, again, it's difficult to know whether this stuff's true on the internet, but if you see when you know the, the, the radio waves or whatever, the signal given when you charge your phone next to your bed, it goes astronomical in comparison to the, the, the low radiation that you've got anyway. Yeah, so uh, it'll be electromagnetic for you. Electromagnetic frequency. And it's not evidenced, but right. lots of people are sensitive to EMF right. and would say that the removal of electronic devices yeah. in and around the headspace has worked very well for them. Yes. So who are we to say that doesn't work? I agree. And then things like hydration. How hydrated am I before bed? How much? Ca- when was the last time I had caffeine? Um, have you got a hard stop on caffeine? Um, do you know what? Before four o'clock. That's it. And I'll probably, I'll only, maximum I have three days, three cups of coffee a day. That that'll be it. I, I try to keep it at two. Um, it depends how, if I'm having a day like yesterday, when I know that I, the only way I'm going to get through this is, is with caffeine and I've had to go turbo because I had to go on stage in front of 1,500 people and, and act like a clown. It's very difficult. Um, so the, the caffeine, I think, is very interesting. And then you look at um, kind of what you do to quiet your mind. So I, I always listen to an audio book before bed or I read a, a different book depending on what's going on. If I come in late, I put an audio book on, I put a sleep timer on, 10 minutes, I'm asleep within five minutes of that. Um, which makes following a book quite tricky because you know where the fuck you are the next time you wake up. Um, I mean, there alone is sort of almost like 12 things. Hell of a toolkit. It's a hell of a toolkit. But that's what I mean when people say, I just don't know how to do it. It's like you do, you're just not looking at what's in front of you because you're looking at the big picture. So sleep for me is is massively important. Um, Diet is the next one. I think it it is really, really important. I think what you put into your body um, controls. And and within within diet, I'm going to put gut health in there as well. Um, I'll I'll block them together. I um, was told very early on by a guy called Matt Lovell, who was the um, England nutritionist at the time and do stuff with whilst this is years ago. I still speak to Matt now. 
And I worked with some amazing guys throughout, throughout my career, Phil Learning and, and, and um, the guys who wrote the Cert Food Diet and all this kind of stuff, Aidan Coggins. And, and I, I always go and find people, the best people, sorry, that I can find in, in these different areas and, and try to work with them because no one person's got the right answer. So uh, the diet-wise, you know, they, he told me very early on probiotics were essential to your gut health. And I and I started looking into it and they said, you know, the, the, um, the brain-gut sort of connection and everything else. You know, there's lots of good people. There's lots of good research about it. I found that if I was having a high stress life and I was eating poorly, um, you know, your digestion suffered, and you were putting things like lots of caffeine in your body and everything else, um, then you know, but just by by sheer and also the, the fact that there's lots of processed food. And if you're eating that, you're obviously introducing these things to your body. It's going to have an effect, even if you don't understand it, you can't prove it. It's but logic, synthetic materials, chemicals. But of course, your body's going to do it. Now, now we believe that our body's just a miracle machine that'll process it. But with the rise of cancers and everything else, like you can see that we are probably not doing ourselves a great service, and we're sort of just blindly carrying on and going. We've always done it, so it should be fine. But as everything's increasing, we're probably at some point going to have a, a D-Day where they're going to turn around and go, actually, we've discovered that all this shit is is, is killing you and we're going to have to stop doing it. But gut health, probiotic is really important. I've now switched on to Simprove and I believe that if I take it every morning, I might have an element of placebo to it, but I feel like my digestion's good, my bathroom habits are regular, I actually feel healthier, my immune system, I, I, when I was playing, I would take probiotics. When I stopped, I would get colds and I would get... Um, I would get ill quite a lot because I always I go 100 miles an hour wherever I go and that at some point have a toll and as you get older I I had a crash I had a crash where I got it wrong probably 8 9 months ago when I was literally I DJ'd Friday night flew somewhere to DJ Saturday did a speech on Sunday DJ somewhere I flew to Amsterdam Monday did a thing for Under Armour DJ Monday night by the time I came back Tuesday I was supposed to um film a beat a BBC Antiques road trip Mm-hmm. I couldn't get out of bed. I was broken, like broken, 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 broken. And I was that D day. I was like, I, I just can't do this anymore. And so we'll come on to the sort of structuring stuff. So that, so that, that was an issue. And I looked at, again diet wise. I obviously was traveling a lot. What I was eating. Um, so probiotics is a foundation. Then into my diet. You know, I always think about. Um, I look at my plate as a as a pie chart through every meal and I sit down and I look at the first priority is protein. What is the protein on that plate um, um, on that particular day? Chicken, meat, fish, um, you know, if you if you want to go plant-based or whatever, what the best source that protein is on, on your plate. The next thing I think about is what 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 phase am I in in the day? What am I trying to achieve? Um, Energy-wise, um, carbohydrates, that's what I need next. Um, obviously, I like being big. As in, there's nothing worse than either being a massively fat, out of shape rugby player, or even worse, um, a really thin rugby player where you feel like you've got to set up a just giving page because you have to check in. That, are you right? Like I, I met some of the guys that they got big, big heads, big arms, big limbs, and all running Ironman, and they look like they can't support their own neck. And you're like, it's great. I'm sure you're in mad shape, but you look awful. And so I, I like being big. Um, that's part of my identity, part of my presence, and I quite enjoy it. So carbohydrates for me are important, not because they make you big, but they give you the energy to perform and train, and they're another source of calories. And then the next thing I think about is my fiber. Where's my vegetables from? Um, you know, uh, what kind of roughage have I got? Because fiber is so important, especially you know if you don't eat a lot of carbohydrates because you think they're an enemy, bizarrely. You need your fiber because um, that's key for digestion. And then I look at my fats, whether it's, you know, olive oil or olives or cheese or whatever it might be. So that's what I look at every single meal as. And, you know, trying to eat out like petrol stations and shit like that, you 
you know, you look pretty good, pretty good. That's saturated fat and that's processed and the protein's minimal. So you can't ever really do that. There are bits and pieces you can, you can sort of do. So that's what I think of predominantly with those things. And then I think the last kind of bit in my... On, on diet, yeah. just so for those who don't know what a probiotic is. Oh, sorry, yeah. And, and I think it's so much in the popular culture now, yeah. people do, but it, it's live bacteria, yes. right? So when you take Simprove, it's a liquid evidence-based delivery mechanism yeah. putting live bacteria in and then what you're doing with that is is hoping that bacteria sits in your your large intestine and it then eats the fibers that you're yes. eating which makes that synergy fantastic yeah. and drives gut health and again for some people if they feel worse on a probiotic just quick caveat then that might be a, another issue yeah but you know that it's not unreasonable to think that most people would have inadequate gut bacteria yes. because of that hyper-processed, you know, yes. diet that most people are eating. Caffeine and, and alcohol and all, all these things will affect your gut. It's like, um, that's why if you ever think about taking sort of extraneous hormones and steroids and everything else like that, your body's in homeostasis most of the time, which is in equilibrium. If you add a third party, yes, it's going to have benefit, but obviously it's like a perfect, it's like a peaceful world. It's like the ideal utopian world. If you add something else, something else is going to change or something else stops. Your gut health, if you're introducing all those things, the, the perfect balance but are all sort of very happy are diminished. So you're trying to add something to, to make it to make it better or to balance it back out with the, the diet stuff. You really are what you eat within, within reason. And I think you need balance. You know, all, like... I have lived the monk lifestyle. I have lived the, the dedicated lifestyle. I have done the tra body transformations. My life has a lot of balance now. What people forget, and hopefully the audience who listen to this will already engage, I want to make a difference. Always be wary of people who look down at those who make profound changes and have discipline. Because... Just giving into everything is as bad as having perfect discipline. So you've got gym monkeys who, who don't ever let themselves enjoy life. They, they, they basically have, you know, exercise. Um, I don't know what that term is, but you know, like eating. So you basically have an exercise. Orthorexia. Orthorexia. I'd love you here. Just all the time. I just follow me around life. I'm just like, oh, what's what's that? What's the correct term for that? Thanks, mate. Right, go and sit in the car again. <laughs> and so orthorexia. So you have that. Balance is balance is the ability to know right, what you do, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, and what what the healthy choices are. But then being able to go, I'm going to drink this night, I'm going to have this food here, I'm going to have that, and then you experience all of it. And I have, whenever time I get interviewed by like the Sun or the Mirror and about nutrition thing, they go, "So, do you ever have a cheat day?" You're like, "Yeah, no, well, I mean, I I sort of eat what I want. Do, do you really? Do you eat pizza and ch chocolate?" You're like, "Yeah, because I." I know what I'm putting in my body 99% of them. Do you ever um, go on a strict diet or do you ever do any training? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not like you. I'm not, I'm not a gym monkey. I mean, so you've got no balance. You've got the worst form of that balance. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Your third energizer. Yeah, fine. And it so can't I, be coffee. No, so my that's third, in nutrition. So my third... All right, so I had sleep. Th- sleep nutrition. I mean, I'll be honest with you, my mental health... I don't. Is that can you class it in there? Totally. Probably you'd need a you'd need a strategy. Right. So, so it's a strategy around that. I think is it the strategy around that is accountability, um, and uh, self checking and 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 to get energy. It's it's confident that you're putting yourself in the right state because, as I said in kind of my opening remarks, you know your mood and your temperament really decide how much energy you have and you will always meet one you know one of the side effects of being clinically depressed is you don't get out of bed you you switch off from the world you don't feel like your energy life is very hard so that in itself if you can to reverse that that is giving you a whole load of energy that is a big block i'd say i, I deal with the physical the, basically i deal with the physical and the practical or, or, or the nutritional so it's nutritional it's sleep and it and it's and it's the mental side and that is doing that is coming up with some practical tools to how to um, to be positive. But if your mindset isn't right and you're not feeling well and you're not processing um, criticisms and bits and pieces, how can you ever possibly ever think you're going to have energy? And then also failure. You know, you're, I'm striving to to you know follow a couple of career paths. Um, it's very hard if you're not addressing these things. So I'd say one of the biggest tools is looking at it. And and when people think about mental health, they think they've got to go and lay on a chaise long and sort of lay back there and sort of talk about horrific things that happened to them in their childhood or everything's down to sex or whether their mother loved them or not. It's not about that. It's just as I've given you tools to look after your your sleep. It's your mind controls everything. And it could be how you see yourself. It could be how you interpret information. It could be how you... Um, how you view yourself. It could be addressing uh, doubts and articulating those doubts. It could be giving tools uh, on how to be more p- positive. And so if you're a very negative person or you don't have a lot of self-confidence, you may have a lot of negative thoughts. You either happen to life or life happens to you. You can either keep meandering through life and letting shit buffet you. And as I said to you, things like cancers and deaths and accidents, those things come out of nowhere. And you have no d- way of controlling that. What you do control is... Um, how you treat your mind, how you treat your body, as I said, but also how you kind of interpret all these things and what you do about it. And I, and I honestly, I genuinely believe you can either keep walking around going, oh, I just have no, I know, I have self doubt, I just don't believe in myself, it's really negative, and I can't get up. Or you go, fuck this, right? What can I do to fix it? Visualization, do this, do this. And that will increase your energy level to the point where you're like buzzing for life because you want to be challenged, you want to have fun. And, and, Life is just such a rich place meant to be lived. And I know it's easy for me to say as a middle-class guy with, you know, with the financial situation, I'm not mother of three. I don't come from, you know, a, 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 a difficult situation. 
But there are things that I say that might be completely irrelevant to you, but they have a, a theme that will work for you. Even if you are in that hell, just sitting for two minutes every day and going, life can be better, and this is how it can be better, and this is how I feel like it's going to be better, and this is what I can do, will make a profound difference. You might never get out of where you are, but you can certainly make things better. And that might kill my next question. <laughs> Sorry. Because, but, but great, because I, we, we, we generally talk on the show about three things that rob you of energy. Yeah. You, you arguments, just, okay. Arguments, um, you know, relationship stuff. Arguments, um, uh, you know. I think um, you know things like I start. I've got stuff with my fam, my actual family. My then I, my you know, I'm separated from from my partner. We're co-parenting, you know, and, and doing it kind of really well for my for my daughter. Those are all very stressful. They take your energy because you end up having to emotionally go to places you don't want to. I'd say. Social media is a massive drain, um, but for that sole reason, it's full of judgment, it's full of hate, it's full of um, negativity. It's almost like self harm, you know, going online and looking at comments. Well, you know, that that for me, especially if you um, Google yourself and went on the news, you know, I learned never to do that. Fucking hell, I did that once after a game on my first debut game for Was, and I literally sent me sideways. I, you know, obviously, I didn't realise I had such um, self confidence issues. Until after that process, where I got, I made my debut. Um, Rob Howley, the um, the captain, was blamed the defeat on me on live on Sky. I was only set eighteen at the time. Uh, I got absolutely hammered by the by the, the the media. I went on one of them forums, and it was all sort of the great unwashed, absolutely bashing me. And I was and I was like fuck. And I basically then had to do loads of therapy, and, I, and that that really sort of shone a light on just how um, I never really dealt with criticism, and that was a real sort of thing. And it doesn't. Again, it doesn't, when you look at me now, when I talk, it doesn't sort of marry with that. You wouldn't think I'm like that, but but in particular areas. So social media is a massive drain because it, you know, you're dealing with people, there's no context. Like, how anyone ever thought social media was going to work? I'm arguing with you on social media about an issue. I've got none of, no idea your background, your socioeconomic past, you got no idea about mine. We're not meant to, you know, like, we're not meant to like everything. We're not meant to agree with everything. And now we're trying to get this sort of utopian world where we all agree with everything. Nothing, we, we're not meant to experience anything we don't like. And we're not meant to ever, um, you know, feel feelings we don't want, which is madness. You're meant to feel sad and happy and depressed. You're meant to be shocked. That's the pathway of the rich tapestry of human emotion. We're now going, well, if we don't like that, we're going to take that off. Well, that offended me. Good. Like every book, every library's got a book that's going to offend you. That's why we have a rich tapestry of content that you're meant to digest. But we're now sanitizing everything. We're going back and changing history because we didn't like it. Was well, history for a reason? If we're doing it today, we haven't learned. If I put paste pictures of my child or me out together, it is being ruthless. It's because it's important to show a balanced family life. We're having fun, um, and it's a funny memory. But I'm not opening the door. I don't care what you think of my life. It's all part of a strategy to be like, right, here's the three areas I'm interested in. Here's the three areas are important. This is how I want to present myself. This is the only PR I can control. And this is what I do. And it's that calculated. Um, obviously, um, like anything I say to you, I make mistakes. I get it wrong all the time. And that's one important thing to tell any of the listeners. Everything I'm telling you is the ideal situation. Do, do I fuck up? Uh, quite a lot per week. Yes. Do I go wrong? Do I have an emotional reaction? Do I try to comment? Do I write a comment? Do, you know, do I do I make mistakes? Do I not sleep properly? Do I not eat right? Do, you know, do I not train? Of course. Do I do I give in to um, criticism all the time? Do I feel bad? Do I wake up feeling shit? Of course. These are ideals, but I know the toolkit to fix them. That's the point. So those two are great. So, and I think the, the last one I'd say for me um, is. <sighs> is travel, I'd, I'd say. Um, I actually really enjoy travel, 
but the, the toll it takes on you is pretty pretty astounding. You know, I'm a big unit. I'm slightly lighter than I was normally, but I'm only about 125 kgs, six foot three. You know, you're traveling, you're sitting. I've got, you know, I had back, I had spinal surgery a year and a half ago now, two years ago. Um, I've got arthritis in, in joints, you know, traveling, time difference, deprivation of sleep, being uncomfortable, um, you know, the rigors that uh, air transport puts on you. That for me is, it can be a real um, energy sapper, you know? Brilliant. So we've got positive three. We've got, again, that great relationship with sleep or that control over sleep, yeah. understanding nutrition as a toolkit, specifically the gut. We've got mindset and some practical tools to change not necessarily the world, but the way you think yeah. about the world. Drains, we've got arguments, hear that entirely. We've got social media, which yeah. uh, if that's not in someone's negative three, I'll be yeah. surprised. Yeah. And travel, which again, yeah, an absolute load. Yeah. So should we talk a little bit about some of the results that we've yeah, captured? Yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Um, because you, you kindly wore this monitor yes. uh, for three days. Now, the, you know the challenge we've got with you is is sort of set up by the first introduction. What is a three days yeah. in James Haskell's life yeah. look like? So we've got a three days, but if we'd run the next three days, we'd have got another three days. Would so the three days we got are the three days, and there's some interesting stuff in yeah. there. You did again some live shows. You you had um, some some not necessarily travel, but you had some childcare responsibilities. Yeah, childcare, and... but I had lots of driving up and down. We had um, meet and greets with with people, then rest in between. Yeah, so. A pretty abnormal normal. Yeah, you know, yeah. the no normal is the new abnormal. Yes. So the monitor we've got, again, is, is a heart rate variability monitor. It's trying to take an objective marker of a few interesting things. The first one being, do we think you're at risk of excessive physiological stress? And that becomes extremely interesting given the context that you've, you've shared in terms of there's you know, a significant life change going on. In fact, you know, a separation is one of the most evidence-based things to make people physically unwell from stress. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the full shebang. So we've got that going on on top of varied roles, yeah. on top of a young daughter, yeah. on top of public-facing persona. And so, also on top of, of, top of probably, you know, not doing too much, but just like the most bizarre lifestyle. Bar, bar some, you know, bar some of these, I think some of these like DJs who go forward, even my... My colleagues, uh, you know, the diet, uh, like the, people don't really. Uh, well, I had a journalist come and do like a week with me once, and he was like, "I don't, I honestly don't know how you do it, but uh, but I I know that I thrive in chaos. Like I, if I don't have chaos and I'm left on, uh, alone, that's when shit gets weird. That's when I really struggle. Really interesting. And thriving in chaos would be a good description of this result. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Because it's it is a roller coaster. Yeah. So we're looking at physiological stress, and we're looking to see: is are you spending too much time physically ready for a threat, and as as a result of that, potentially too little time physically recovering and and restoring energy. So that's question number one. Question number two is: on the nights we've captured sleep, is that sleep restorative? You know, is it is it doing the job it needs to do? Question number three is, is where does the interface of fitness and physical activity play into your energy levels? So we're going to get an overall score and then we're going to be able to score stress, albeit we're using it slightly inappropriately, sleep, and we'll look at physical activity. And so we're going to match that first and foremost against your score of 85. So let me get the results up. Yeah. Going back to your elite performance days and yeah. seeing a low score there and thinking that's a problem. Yeah. But your score overall is 42 out of 100. Yeah. Now, there's a good reason for that and it's down ironically, where we'll start, which is physical activity. Yeah. Which is so interesting in the fact that these three days, and you, and you flagged it to me when we spoke before the podcast, you haven't had the time yeah. to physically be able to go and train. And also, what, where, where, within regards to training, one of the things I, I, I changed, 
um, because I was aware that I wasn't always getting time to go to the gym when I'm on tour because I'm in the car, was I walked everywhere. I would park further away and walk. I would take the stairs. So I had, so I would try to do that because because ordinary in life I was probably getting twelve, thirteen thousand steps. Some days I was getting three thousand, you know, less because I was physically not doing anything. So I, so I, it is interesting on these three particular days. Normally, I'd be getting, I would try to walk everywhere to do it. But even here, I was, I drive, I wake up, get treatment, go to the theatre, sit in a dressing room, walk to the stage, get up and down. And you're sitting. Even even on when I'm DJing, I do twenty five thousand steps standing still. But when you're doing the the the, the, the kind of the um, good bad rubber, you're sitting on a sofa. So these are in particularly less days than you would normally do it. It's mad. Absolutely. And there'll be people who are pleased to hear that. Yeah. The fact that you know you have transitioned from where your movement was your job yeah. to now it's not your job, and you have to squeeze it in yeah. like everyone else. Now, in amongst saying that you didn't move much on those days, um, it does do a measurement of your cardiovascular fitness, which is is not a score out of a hundred. It's a metric that we've discussed called VO two max. And it measures how strong your cardiovascular system is at delivering oxygen to the tissues. Brilliant marker for performance in athletic terms. Generally, 5K, 10Ks, marathons, you know, endurance events. But also a really powerful longevity marker in the fact that the higher the score, the longer people live, which yeah. is great. We, we want, you know, general population to be ideally above 40. And that's 40 milliliters of oxygen per kilogram per minute. And you ran a couple of different tests and they unified on a result of 44. Now... That is a is a very good result. It'd be lower than when you were a professional mm. athlete. We both understood that. But the interesting thing about that fitness result is it's milliliters of oxygen per kilogram. So you're clocking in at the moment, slightly lower than your fighting weight of 125, but you've got to deliver oxygen to 118 kilograms of tissue. So to get that much oxygen to each kilogram still represents a really significant cardiovascular system. Why I think that's relevant is it's probably drifted compared to other forms of fitness. In the fact, as I sit here opposite you now, I know you're not neglecting your strength training. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I say that as a red-blooded male, yeah, yeah. married, but I can tell you, on embracing you on, know, on Tuesday nights, it all goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, principally, you know, you clearly have huge lean tissue still, strength the bedrock. Um, you've got a very clear, again, treatment protocol for your injuries and mobility, etc. So sometimes we see that 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 cardio is the one that drifts in lots of athletes where strength and power was their focus rather than being a natural endurance yeah. athlete. Um, and looking at that result and saying, okay, that's sort of middle of the range, w- would that be an area that's probably drifted? Yes, I'll tell you why, because again, make uh, factoring the routine um, into my life and I, you know, I've got, I've got a, a PA now and, and I, you know, I had to restructure my diary and when I retired, I was leaving no time to eat, no time for, for training. I was filling my diary up with work. I wasn't factoring in travel. I was living in Northampton. I was in the car for four hours a day. And when I embarked on my MMA career, I was still four hours in the, in the car, but I was only doing that. So I got, I got unbelievably fit in that period post, post rugby, probably fitter than I've ever been. Um, for well, that's interesting How, you know, because lots of people would, would say, does that mean, MMAs are more physically demanding. Yes, I, I'd say, but again, it's different energy systems or different, not energy systems, but different um, ways of being fit. So, you know, I could run, um, you know, up and down a, a rugby field, hitting people, getting up and getting and going back in the game. But if you asked me to run, you know, a marathon, I, I don't know what I would do. I, I wasn't built to do that or, 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 or I wasn't trained to do that. Then you would become good at a discipline like a rowing machine. You can get excellent at rower. I'd put you on a versa climber, you'd be in hell. But even though your, your rowing was really good, it's just obviously how you utilize your body. But MMA, for me, was the, the much tougher uh, physically demanding sport than anything I've ever done in my entire life. Was, I mean, but no running, 
But, oh my God, cardio-wise, wrestling-wise, um, getting on and off the floor, and then the fitness circuits, and then obviously cardio, doing Versa climb. You know, we do five-minute blocks with a minute rest. And that's the Versa climb is my favorite piece of cardio equipment, but it's also the most disgusting. Um, it's horrific. Um, and so they would put you in a hole. And, and now, the one thing I miss is binning myself. I like to bin myself every now and then. I, what I did is I looked at what were the priorities with limited time, what aesthetics. You know, my plan is always the BLT plan, big, lean, and tanned. That's that's basically where I... I'm, the tan's failing at the moment. The big sort of medium, lean's okay. But the big, lean, and tan plan is, is where I want to be, and that was my priority. So I didn't... I'm not doing as much cardio. I've started doing jiu-jitsu, again, which is which is picked up. Um, I'm doing one-on-ones with them, so it's, it's hard, but it's not... It's not mental um but i've just started going to cardio again like the other day i did a session i did five minutes on a, an assault bike just to see where i was and i'm gonna start putting that back in because mentally for me i don't i want to be active and i struggle not to be, I struggle with being sedentary and and that's why like these days of performing i get the adrenaline buzz from performing but i'm not physically testing myself so i don't feel like i'm utilizing my body so that's when i would literally taking stairs in airports never taking a lift walking up and down you know and and I think that's really important for me, but I would say one area of deficiency is definitely cardio at the moment because it doesn't serve me any purpose, so it's fallen by the wayside, aside from actually, mentally, I need to do it and I want to do it, and I think there's nothing better than putting strain in your body. I think it's a nice centering thing with the endorphins and also it, you know, working hard... Everything in life's better after you throw, you know, you've thrown yourself to, to or, or binge, you know, absolutely binge yourself really, and that, that for me is something I missed. Really interesting, and I think that that sense of cardio is the least revealing probably yes. of the fitness modalities. You know, you know, if you don't move well, you creak. You know, if you don't lift heavy, yeah. you don't get the BLT plan. Yeah. I'm only eligible for the L of the BLT. Yeah, 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 yeah L. <laughs> You're never tan. I'm never sure tan, mate. He is the, the furthest. BLR tan, big lean and red. You could do that. <laughs> absolutely murdered yeah. Yeah, but so that that plan will reveal itself yeah cardio is a bit of a hidden beast and and interesting again the, this stage of life now you know transitioning out of being a professional athlete you know you still when you train sound like you do bin yourself yeah have you felt that that there's a sort of a calling for slightly low intensity yes work? so i i was to, to, to carry over i was very astounded to discover that there was things called moderate state and steady state I had never heard about this. My 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 wife's a fantastic, she, you know, trainer. She you know she trains eight hundred women online the entire time. She's a best-selling author, incredible at what she does, body transformations. And she watched me. Goes, you do know that not every session has to end up with you throwing up in a bin. And I was like, what? What is this witchcraft? And she went, yeah, you know, doing things around heart rate. So I train now. I have two different types of sessions. So if I do a, a thirty-minute, forty-minute, keep my heart rate about one fifty, one thirty to one fifty. That's where I sit. And then, and that's sort of uh, yellow zone, as I call it. And then I will do a maximal, t- a maximal sessions, and I completely change what I do, what I do um, in now. But I, even that cardio has fallen by the wayside to the point where now I'm starting to try to get back into it because what I was doing is I was only getting three days a week to train, if that. So I would do a full body and two upper bodies. Um, but now what I'm trying to do is get four sessions as one dedicated cardio day, or after a weight session, I will go and do a maximal thing just to like see where I'm at. And the next day, I will do a like a, a, that'll be just be my gym session, go and do 40 minutes, 100, you know, one. I mean, I don't want my heart rate will be at the moment, so it'll probably be less, maybe about 140 to keep that uh, and, and do moderate state. So I do, I do change that. It was a whole new world opened up to me. I didn't know, but yeah, amazing. And I think that that's a world that a lot of retiring athletes need someone to curate for them because it's it's and i think it's creeping in low intensity steady state and these moderate and recovery sessions but great to hear they're in there and again for for context if we put your 
total cardiovascular system into my body weight, we, we get a VO2 max of some, somewhere close to 60, and suddenly you're at the Olympics, you know, in, a, in an endurance event. So, you know, the challenge of being a big guy is you need a big engine to deliver sufficient yeah. oxygen to those tissues. So that will always be an area of, of relevant focus. But that, again, we captured three days where life got in the way. And yeah. I think that a lot of people with, with juggling kids and a lot of people juggling, you know, sort of multifaceted careers will feel quite relieved to hear that. So we've talked about the power of sleep, yeah. you know, and again, in amongst every stage of your career, but certainly now as a, as a, as a multifaceted <laughs> character, we'll keep bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. Love it. You know, so on the, on the movement score, we got 11 out of a hundred. That was purely because of those three days, yeah, there wasn't yeah. much movement. Your fitness score again, isn't out of a hundred, but that score really is, is, is a, is a great cardiovascular fitness for anyone but of your size, it's significant. It's probably lower than it has been. Yeah. It's probably lower than it will be. It'll be. Interesting now as well to see, because again, this is kind of encouraging me to go, right, what do I need to kick on and do? Um, and, I, and it was simple as taking gym kit in the car with me and a pair of trainers and never having an excuse and going, right, I'm just going to do this and, and, and make sure I've always got it because I've got a David Lloyd membership. So you can, there's always somewhere near David Lloyd, you know what I mean? Perfect. Action taken. I'll sign that up. You'll sign a contract. Yeah. So the next bit is probably, you know, to look at sleep. And sleep we score 43 out of 100. Yeah. And that's probably your, your sleep is, is the best representation of different, different challenges on different nights because we ebb and flow where we look at this graph, where we look at, sleep quality as really being we want on a sleep graph your body to go into physiological recovery yeah. so the colors on the graph red is when your body's ready for alertness um it's physiologically stressed again the, there's a nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system that's running you know it's, it's governing the inside of you and it means you are vigilant your physiology is primed you're ready to take on load you're yeah. ready to, to solve problems so we've got red predominant through the day when we go to sleep and this was last night we see that what we're aiming for is just before you go to sleep we want your body to go green yeah because that's that sleep hygiene you were talking about yeah. where you're creating routines and rituals that says to your brain and to your body do you know what it's time to disengage so we see a really clear pattern you know, it's interesting on that on that timing so so my show finished at 11 uh, finished at 10 yeah I got in the car and I sat and listened to an audio book all the way back until I got home at 12. And on that first 12 at Spike, that's when I lay in bed. Beautiful. You can just literally see that, that, that yeah. Yeah, real time. And, you know, you, you should be the poster boy for Audible there. Because, <laughs> you know, that, what that's done is that is your strategy, again, against your legacy of having ADHD and recognizing some things where you just need to sit in the stillness may not work as well for you. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be interested again where, where breathwork sits into that. But certainly we see a body that goes from being switched on, highly delivering, to completely disengaged. And then as you go to sleep, you go into rich recovery and you stay in recovery right until you woke up this morning and sent me a text where it went red again. Yeah. You know, but you know, fundamentally, that is a really strong pattern of sleep recovery. So if we had four or three nights like that, yeah. we'd be getting 100 out of 100. Yeah. What, what's so flip about that is if we go to the night before, this was the Sunday night, yeah. we see that we get no physiological recovery right. during sleep. And that's why I felt utterly awful. Yeah. As well as uh, run down and slightly ill. Because that was, I went to, a, I, went, I had to go to a hotel and I ended up sleeping. I got to the hotel about 12.30, I hadn't booked, I had to go and do a park in the car park, got in the bed and the room was warmer than usual. I had a, you know, it was a different different bed. But, but I still took my eye mask, I still took the, the, the mouth tape and stuff. And actually, for the first part, I think I slept till about four or five in the morning. I thought I'd I'd slept, but obviously I hadn't or slept well. Really good point. You, you slept. So this isn't measuring sleep 
uh, cycles, as yeah. in you would do with what we call polysomography, where you put the, the, the leads on the brain. And actually, that's where a lot of modern watches would, would estimate sleep cycles. This is looking at physiological yeah. recovery, which matches up to that. So you are asleep here, and your body is resting, but you're not recovering. No. And actually, you know, that creates a, a challenge that if we look over the, the, the course of the three days, we're interested in this idea of, you know, are you balancing the, the volume of time you're spending giving out energy with the volume of time energy is coming in? And we run a, if you like, a, an energy current account here. Yeah. And we say, look, when there's, when there's red on the graph, physiologically, that is expending energy on a physical basis. You know, we, we are a battery. You yeah. give out and then you recharge and you give out and you recharge. And we're looking to say that over the course of the three days measured, does that line end up lower than when it started? And, you know, what we can see is over the course of the days, there is a good volume of physiological recovery. We'll come to stress in a minute. But your sleep is your salvation. And these two nights here prop up the crap night. Yeah. So, and, and here and again, one bad night is very tolerable by human physiology. Weeks of bad nights is tolerable. Yeah. We're designed to have babies. Yeah. You know, we are designed to go through emotional conflict. We are designed to go through famine. You know, right. we, we're designed to have the resources to not worry on a night-by-night -night basis whether we're getting this 100%. And what we've got with you is, over the course of the three-day measurement, you have restored more energy than you've expended, despite the fact you haven't done as much movement as you'd yeah. like, despite the fact there's this overlying tone of, of yeah. stuff going on, despite the fact one of your nights was absolute junk. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you flagged to me that you, you'd you slept badly. Yeah. And, and again, that one night won't break you. No. But, you know, you're running at such a high level that it certainly impacts yes. you. And the fact that, you know, the following day you take, again, all those positive steps, you control what you can control in terms of sleep time, sleep rituals, light, dark, caffeine use... Um, is great credit. Yeah. So, you know, why the score on sleep isn't isn't higher is just because we captured what what everyone dreams of a real night, yeah. a hotel room, disrupted environment. You know, and again, yeah. coming off the back of a stimulating show. So, we've got again movement. We've got um, we've got sleep. The next area is, is what we call stress and recovery, where you score your highest. You score seventy two out of one hundred here, and that's a really good score. And again, probably, you know, me, me sending this to you in the middle of a, a separation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, Gordon Bennett, what a, what, a, what a sensitive guy I am. Yeah, I quite, I quite like it though. Because again, it's, cause it's, it's real life. Like people are always dealing with this. I mean, the divorce rate is 53% or whatever it is. So, it's, you know, this is not people, and or if, you, if you base it on human nature, there'll be another 20% who are, who are still in relationships because they're unhappy uh, or just get on with it because of the kids and whatever's going on. So I would say most people are having relationship stress because men and women are so fundamentally different. I've done lots of therapy over it, lots of, you know, couples and everything else. And the language that we're speaking, one is speaking um, emotional and one is speaking, you know, what they say is not, what, what they mean it's all to do with feelings the other one's very practical and how do you connect the two and so everybody will be going through this kind of stuff so I think it's quite nice as, as a way of dealing with it you know but my as I said my, my partner and I are very amicable um, and we're just putting the ch child f forward but it still doesn't mean it doesn't have its pitfalls you know exactly right and, it, and it's one where for lots of people it's, you know a, lots of people will have something similar. Yeah. And, and again, it could be a low-level family illness. It could yeah. be a separation. It could be a, a child custody. It could be, it could be anything. Yeah. Everyone's got their thing. Yes. And, and the challenge with stress is, in most cases, people think of stress as sort of fight or flight, yeah. these big explosive moments. And, that, and interestingly, I'll show you what you're like when you're on stage because you, you're, you're ready to rock when you're on stage. Oh, really? Oh, you're ready to, ready to kill. But you kill in a, in a performance yeah. way, right? So that's exactly what you want. But most people's stress isn't, isn't this sort of these huge explosive moments it's a low grade never being able to switch off it's like chipping away isn't it yeah it's death by a thousand cuts and so what, what i'm always looking for when i look at, at stress is saying is james able 
to go into physiological recovery, not just in sleep. Like, because if it's just sleep and then you sleep badly, it, it, it's like you, you know, you're resting on one yeah. crutch. Someone kicks that away, you're, you're over. You know, and what we want is two crutches. We want recovery in the day and recovery during the night. And again, when we look at the Saturday, what we see is, is, is brilliant. We see this green pattern throughout the course of the day where your body is going into energy restoration. It's going into physiological calm in the middle of all that's going on. Now, that doesn't reflect emotional state. That doesn't reflect, no. you know, whether your body is, is, you know, is mulling on things or not. What it means is your body isn't anticipating a big threat. And that means you're restoring some energy that makes dealing with what's going on easier. You know, and again, easier, not easy. What we see is when you when you hit the stage later, so your highest moment of stress. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, again, I don't know whether you got a standing ovation at about eight o'clock. Um, I but think I was telling some mad, like I think I was pissing myself about some mad story about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were all in hysterics, like just about uh, some guy used to <laughs> mix drinks, and I was talking about one of the things at Royal Wedding. It was just, and I because because I embellish the stories as I go along. I think basically, I think it involved me saying that he pulled the top of a corgi off and emptied it out into a drink. <laughs> some some completely outlandish thing in the context of the story. So yeah, that does that. Yeah, that's it. And and here is the other beauty of looking at data: stress is good. Yeah. Right, so you know you can look at this and go, oh god, what awful thing happened to you at eight o'clock? You're having a wonderful yes. time. So. Again, that the narrative around modern stress is is misconstrued. In the fact, you want moments of performance. You want that adrenaline. You know what you said. Again, particularly in your book, you know, and recognizing you want that affirmation. You want those moments on the stage. It, it, feed on it. You know that is a good sign of someone who's doing his thing and and adrenalized and exhilarated. What's what's fabulous about this result is that that night still you go into recovery after it, and that to me is representative of the tools and the the rituals that you've put in place that allows you to decompress from what is an extremely, you know, arousing event in, yeah. the, in the medical word and to being able to go into, yeah. into sleep recovery. Not perfect. And I think this might be the night that... that no, this was... So that's actually, there's one... Because we did... We had, uh, so Friday night was a bad night. That's Saturday night. That was a good night. Sunday was an awful night. Monday was a, was a night. Uh, sorry, Monday was a good night. Yeah. We ended up getting the four nights. At, well, with that, the, God, you gave me that last one. Otherwise, it, it, this would be a different story. Yeah, that night, the um was the, the heart monitor fell off. I woke up in the night and was off me, and I was like, yeah. yeah. So that's those pockets here where, where yeah. there's no reading. What we got on that first night is interesting. Again, just coming back to sleep and the fact that you were listening out for your daughter. Yes, and you know, and what we've got there is you suppressing the ability to go into deep sleep because in deep sleep you wouldn't hear her. No. So what we get with lots of young parents you know is they sort of kill the the deep restorative sleep because they've got to listen for the monitor they've got to listen for the door latch whatever it might be and here we can see that that you're periodically alert throughout that first night so that that would basically woke up on the hour every hour and what and i started then dreaming that i was hearing things that i wasn't hearing and that yeah so it wasn't ideal there'll be more dreams because you're in that lighter stages of sleep and again you can compensate for that so even though you're not in those deep sleep cycles you still get a good volume of recovery that night so being a, a parent to a to a crying baby in the night creates a huge challenge to great sleep cycles and great energy restoration, but you can still do it, um, or you can still recover despite the fact the environment makes it, it, yeah. it difficult to do so. So we've got a guy here who has got a great cardiovascular fitness level, um, which is on the on the up, and and per kilogram is really significant. We've got uh, again someone who's using sleep as the the bedrock of their energy, and you cited it, and we're seeing it. And we've got someone who's who's combination of perspective, probably mindset more than anything else, James, we're seeing, able to pull you out of a stress state into recovery, despite what's going on. You know, 
everything that's going, you're still able to go into physiological recovery, not just in sleep, but also in the day. And we see glimpses here of you loving, you know, being on the stage and, and being a showman. I will say, I think that, that's the perfect terminology that we worked on hard with my therapist was the change of state. So where, where I said in the in one of the books, the last one, where focus goes, energy flows. And if if you and I are having a ra- like a, a start and we're around, someone made a joke and a laugh, it would break our it would break it and stop and stop it. If if you're able to change state, and that's one of the tools I had to use and why I got into music was if you are preparing for eight games a season, which they used to do back in the day, you can do that on emotion alone because you're always up for it. Try and do 30, 40 games a season with relationship issues, body issues, media issues, performance issues, everything, whatever it might be. How do you consistently prepare? Well, I started using music, a curated playlist that, that would have an emotive effect. And actually, I did a talk for a company and I said, look, you know, if your boss pisses you off and every time you have a conversation, they hope interview, have a Spotify playlist that you know takes you out of it. Just go back to this and put it on it because it will change your state. If you have a, you know, I can't bear what my partner's saying, play playlist, use, use that. I have a I have a situation where I sort of try to check in with like what state I'm in and what what I know will get me out of it. Like if I'm really stressed or bothered, I know I can go and sit down with my I mean I, I it's interesting um you know obviously things were were challenging um at home but I would go and have to de- and I'd have to perform because a lot of my public facing stuff was and you could be in the worst state ever but then I have to go and deliver a performance and then your performance you'd look like you were smiling happy and then then that doesn't look like you're sad and upset. And so, but but I'm able to do that. And I think it's the same thing with like, you know, simplicity of also what changed your state. Listen to a song, listen to an audiobook, going for a nice coffee. Those, those moments, seeing a mate, calling someone up, uh, that, that changes stuff quite quickly. Even having a moan and going, I'm going to, just bear with me, I'm going to bitch. The very fact you've bitched for a bit and then changed it. That change your state is, I think, is a real secret to life because if you wear what you're, you're going on all the time, you'll never get those green spikes in the day. It's ability to literally... You know, I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I eat, I'll have my laptop set up and I'll watch Netflix and I'll eat. And for that point in time, all I'm engaged in is that thing. And then I put that down and then I change state and I go back into work mode. So all my life is consistently doing that all the time. And I think we, we see that there. So again, to summarize you, I think, you know, you asked that question. Nightmare. <laughs> Dream. You, know, people, you, know, people, you said, I think people wonder how you do it. And I think, you know, we, we've seen some really insightful pieces around the blend of physical mindset you know real habits and behaviors of controlling what you can control we see so much to take in terms of exercise programming nutritional habits and behaviors and certainly that sleep hygiene work i think is transferable but that sense of you know controlling what you can control taking your autonomy over that i think is a, is a brilliant lesson for me and, and hopefully for some people listening so um, i've thoroughly enjoyed it james thank you for having me on i appreciate it thank you that was a really warm and enjoyable conversation with James. And for someone where you've seen an awful lot of them on TV and you may have an opinion, I felt he was self-depreciating, he was incredibly self-aware, and I felt many of the actions and behaviors that he adheres to to help his energy are very transferable to the general population. James is incredible, as we'd expect, with his exercise. He's fantastic with his nutrition. He was incredibly disciplined around his sleep, and I found that very impressive that from his early days in rugby, he recognized sleep was so critical to his performance. James is also a lover of the gut, and I loved his relationship with probiotics and how he cites an increase in immunity through the taking of a liquid probiotic regularly. But beyond all his physical traits, it was clear James's perspective is an area that is a real strength. 
James has accessed professional support to help him with the way he thinks about the world and himself. And that was a really powerful message, particularly to men who may not be as open to speaking to a professional when they're not in the right place with their mental health. So I love James's championing of, of intelligent therapy and how that's helped him with his perspective. And I further love the actions and behaviors like not commenting on social media and reducing the volume of inputs that don't help you have a good, positive self-image. Overall, this was a great discussion with someone who's transitioned out of professional sport into a new career, new purpose, and uses lifestyle as a bedrock of sustained energetic performance. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. If you did, it would be great if you could share this with someone who you think might be interested in energy and energy management. And if you want to listen to further episodes, do jump onto the High Performance app where other guests are discussing how they optimize their energy in a challenging world. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.